Glory to God. I seem loud, but I am loud, so it's really hard to tell if it's the mic or me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's open our Bibles to Job. How about that? Jump right into Job. (laughs) You know, uh, a few weeks ago, I was... uh, Actually, it was clear back at week of increase, right, right around week of increase, and uh, and I was dealing with a situation, you know, uh, encouraging some people in faith and and uh, different areas, and uh, I went to bed one night, and I had a dream, and I had a dream that I was questioning God as to why this had happened to this person, and I woke up. Like I just had a nightmare. And why? Because you don't question God. And, and I was taught growing up, it's one thing to ask God a question. It's another thing to question God. And literally, I heard myself question God. And it literally scared me. Because I, I grew you, in my house, you didn't question God. My mom did not let you did you know you could you could eat little Debbie's drink chocolate milk have a soda at midnight you could do a lot of things but you could not question the goodness and the justness of God is justness a word is tonight we like justness you could not question those things in our house and 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 to say why God or wonder why this didn't happen or why and and literally be saying God, they're, they're good. Why didn't you? And I'm so glad that I had that in my life. It, it was important to me, and it was important to me because of where I went in my life. Because without it, you can get turned easy. There are people all over the world today that were in church. Something didn't happen that they, sh- they thought should have or the way they thought it should have, and they are no longer in church because they're mad at God. They are literally questioning His love, His goodness, His mercy. They, they literally cannot uh, find it in themselves to forgive God. What a desperate place. And I'm so thankful that I was taught better than that. And I'm so thankful that I listened. Listen just enough to get it. Now, kids, if you got parents like this, listen to them now. Because there's going to come a day where the devil tries to trick you into questioning God. It's a trick. It's a deception that he tries to get you into. And parents, we need to be beyond reproach in this area. We need to be like my mom. We need to be like, you know... Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore are a great example. I remember, I'm telling you a story just because you need to hear it. <laughs> I remember when the fir- church first started, it, had, it couldn't have been a couple of years old. I, I don't remember if it may, it may have been a little older than that. We were in the soul building. And used to be they, they, we had all the flowers down at the front. And at the end of service, the ushers and a bunch of other people carry them up. Well, one day we've we're, we're got people helping and carrying them up. A guy passes out, falls out. In the, in the front of the church. And he's not breathing. And I'm, anybody still here that remembers all this? I know Rob was. And yeah, several staff. But he's, he's not breathing. And so, and the Moors, they had already went to the apartment. You know, so this was after service and they were about to leave. And so, in my, the way you should be, upset, you know, <laughs> I... I immediately, I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I run down the stairs as fast as I can. And, and I'm out of breath. And Brother Moore's, and Brother Moore, guy passed out in front. He's not breathing. Uh, and he, got, he's like, he looks at me and he goes, mm-hmm. He goes, uh, have we called an ambulance? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, we got to call. And, and I'm thinking, as I say this, he's going to get up and follow me. Come with me. We must run and help. Right? And he's sitting in his chair. Why? Because he's being led. Why? Because he, he doesn't have a question about God's good. He, does, he's not, he's, he wants to hear what God's got to say. Right? And this is a good 
this is a good image for me to see because I'm, I'm new to this, and I'm getting ready to deal with way more than this. This was easy compared with some of the things I've dealt with since. And so he says, he says, well, go check this. And I forget what he said. I said, run upstairs, you know, because I still hadn't got it. I'm running. I mean, I'm running, and, and I don't do that, okay? It's, it's, you know, I don't do it. I'm running, and because it was upstairs. It wasn't up three stairs. It was up 30 stairs. And so I'm running back and okay, when I ask them, they and they tell me in the information, I run back down. Okay, but, you know I'm like, but he said, and then and Brother Moore goes, mm-hmm. And and I can't remember what he said after that, but it was like, because I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm real, I literally I'm like, is this it? Is this all? A, a guy's not making it in the front of the church. Is this it? And, and, and I'm wrong as I can be, but I can't see it. <laughs> and, he, and he has, he says, well, run up there and, and let's see how, see how it's going. Come back. He didn't say run. He said, go up there. He actually didn't say run. He said, go back up, check how it's going, you know, see if people are praying. The uh, EMTs are working on him and, you know, come back down and report to me. I go back up. And about the fifth time I went through this, I figured it out, Right? <laughs> Me running up and down those stairs and looking concerned and being concerned, worried concerned, I'm helping him less than Brother Moore sitting down there being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Parents, when, when we go off, <laughs> when we go off, anybody done this? I've done this even with, with my child. You know, um, we, we, we get worried and, and, we, and we, I remember when she first got a cell phone. Worst thing ever invented for kids. <laughs> why? Because of parents. Because why? I only wanted her to have one so I could know where she was. Right? At all times. Why? Because I have to control it. I have to know. I have to see. I have to know. And there's no faith in that. But in the minute I would look on something and she wasn't where she was or I couldn't get a hold of her, and I'd start freaking out. I know I'm perfect now, and so I've changed. <laughs> but I'd start freaking out. And, I'd, and what am I doing when I'm freaking out? I'm questioning God. Yeah. Without saying it, I'm questioning God because I know He's a good God. And if I'll trust Him, He'll take care of it better than I ever could have. And I'm questioning God. And I'm showing her how to worry for your kids. I might as well just sit her down in a seat and say, here's how you do it. You've got to worry. If you're not going to worry about your kids when you have them, then you just really shouldn't have them. If things don't go well, you need to freak out as much as you can. Maybe yell a little bit. Huh? And if, it, if necessary, drive to where they're supposed to be to make sure they're there, even though it's completely inconvenient and embarrasses the child. That is not godly. We're, we're doing ungodly things trying to get a godly answer and justifying it with worry. And we're saying it's just okay. This is, you know, and it's not okay. Because God had a better way. He had a better plan. He, he, when, he, when He gave us, Ramsey, he, said, he gave us the ability to raise her and the wisdom, the godly wisdom to do it right. And, you know, I know I've said that I've given her everything she ever wanted. I gave her a lot of what she wanted. Don't get me wrong. But there were days where the Lord said, tell her no. And, I mean, one time she threw the biggest fit ever and, I mean, literally almost convinced us to change our mind. And had we changed our mind, she would have been right in the middle of trouble. Thank God we didn't. Because I'll admit I was a pushover at times. But... At other times, I did it right. And I said, no, we're not going to do it this way. And I said, no, we're not going to get worried. We're not going to get upset. We're, we're not going to throw a fit. We're, not, we're going to do this the way God says do it. And, and I gave her a godly example to follow. And, and when you give God, people a godly example to follow, kids or other people around you, what you're doing is you're letting them see a godly vision. 
when I saw Brother Moore sitting in that chair, never moving, praying, don't get me wrong, he was praying, but he never moved. I saw a vision of calmness, of peace, knowing that God would take care, right? That we, he, there, there's nothing he could do by running up those stairs with me, right? It wasn't like on his way up the stairs, he's going to rip open his shirt and the, the big S was going to come out, right? And, and Superman was going to appear. And no, why? Because God was already there. We already had the supernatural. We didn't need Superman. We had Super God. Amen? And, and it showed me how later I would need to handle things because if I was going to keep doing that, I was going to be very little help. Right? Freaking out and, and, and questioning God are not the answer to your problem. Amen? Where would we go? Job? Job. <clears throat> Look at Job 40, verse 8 in the NIV so we can all see what it says. This is God talking. He said, Would you discredit my justice? Would you condemn me to justify yourself? And when we question God, that's exactly what we're doing. We're condemning Him to justify ourselves or someone else. And, and, that, and, and that's what Job, that's, that, that's what he's saying. Job, what you're doing, what, while, while you still love me, you've never left me. And, and many Christians haven't. Many Christians, they love God, they haven't left Him, but they're questioning how He's handling the situation. And why he's not more involved. And the truth of the matter is, unless you knew the person completely, you wouldn't know the answer ever, first of all. But you're wasting your faith because you're not even getting it involved. Right? Job wasn't getting in faith. He was questioning God. You can't be in faith and question God. And that's what he showed me in that dream. In that dream when I woke up, I'm like, I was in no faith when I asked you that question, God. And he said, exactly, don't ask that question. And he was showing me that. Stay in faith for the people. Stay in faith. The, the, the thing about faith is the same thing you'll find about so many things in your walk with God and in your natural life. Consistency is the key into everything. Faith is not... We, we take faith and we and we wait until something bad happens and then we try to stir it up and 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 god's saying be steadfast in your faith in other words your faith should be your steadfastness every day of the week no matter what's happening you should be in faith you you should be believing me it says the just shall what live by faith so so literally what he's saying he's saying there's not a time where you're not in faith and there's not a time where you should need more faith because if you're already in faith your faith is steadfast it's unmovable amen and and as we walk that way these things that life throws at us even the things you know people say yeah but look what job had thrown at him job could have and he said it himself done better we could have done better. I didn't have to chase my daughter down the street to find out she was three houses away just because I couldn't get her on her phone. Three houses down. How stupid's that? Our mind is our worst enemy so many times because what it's doing is it's arguing with you. And it's arguing against God. It, it's, it's telling you that God's not handling this. He, he, he's not involved. He, he's not going to do anything about it. it you, you know what? What happens is we take Bible verses and we add stuff like that into it and then we make it tradition. It's no longer a Bible verse. It's now tradition. Right? The most traditional verse in, in the whole Bible now is, uh, you know, uh, what is it, the one in Romans where... Uh, if anything happens, it was God's idea, and that's just the way it's supposed to be, right? <laughs> right? So people just write it off. Well, it was God's plan. You know, it wouldn't be there if you couldn't handle it. You know what? You can handle a lot of things, but 
does everything have to be there? Or do you have to be where everything is? Huh? So many times what I found is that I was where stuff was and not where God told me to be. Thanking God for His mercy as He pulled me back. Amen? And, and God's a good God. And when we take things like, oh, Lord, they're pastors. They're, they serve on, on the clean team. They serve in the parking lot. Oh, oh Lord, they're, such, they're so nice all the time. And, and why is this happening? What? Are we trying to justify them and ask God why? Right? And so many times if something's happening in our own life, we're like, well, God, I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and why isn't this? And it's like we've got this formula added up that if we do this, this, and this, he has to do this. And the truth of the matter is you didn't do this, this, and this in faith. Therefore, he can't do this. Right? Remember what it says. It says the just shall live by faith, but I'll have no pleasure in those who shrink back. Those who shrink back, I'll have no pleasure in. What's he saying? I can't be pleased outside of faith. Why is he pleased with faith? Because it gives him all access. It gives him all access to your life. And, and when we operate in faith with, with our business, with our money, with our life, with our kids, with our marriage, with everything that we are, when we operate in faith, he shows us step by step how to do it, how to go, and he keeps us in peace while we do it. It's not a bunch of turmoil. Look at, uh, oh, we're still in Job. That's good. Stay in Job. Go to, go to chapter 42, though. after God spent all this time. Now, now, granted, if you want to read what God talked about in those three or four chapters, he never gave Job any answers. He asked Job questions that Job couldn't answer. Right? He, he, did, he didn't say, okay, Job, here's why it happened. Let me show you. He, and he said, here's the truth. I am, I'm big. I'm good. I'm able and he, and he spends chapters saying, did, were you there when I stretched out? Did, were you there when I did that? Were you there? Do you understand? No, you don't understand because if I tell you, you can't understand because that's how big I am. And he's, he's not, he's being a parent. He's being a father. And he's saying, Job, let me show you. Let, this is who I am. And he's saying, if you'll trust in who I am, you'll never be worried about what's going on. That's why he told him who he was. That's why he asked him all those questions and showed himself big. Not, so, not, not because God wanted to brag about himself. He wanted his children to see how big he is, how good he is. Everything he's done is good. Amen? And he's saying, Job, look at all this stuff. And at the end of all this, Job gets to talk at the first verse of chapter 42 in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, what did he say? Look at that in the King James. He said, I know that you can do everything and that no thought can be withholden from you. Verse Verse 3. Who is he that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered things. I have uttered that I understood not. In other words, what's Job said? He said, I spoke without knowledge. I spoke without understanding. I spoke when I should have, when I should have been listening. Amen? When I should have been watching. When I should have been following. I was speaking. I was trying to justify myself. I was trying to, and, and when you're trying, if you're ever trying to justify yourself, you're condemning God. You can't. It, there's no. There's no sidelight to that. Amen. Amen. And then he says, "Things that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not." And what what Job was literally saying is, he said, "I see now that you are big, that you are good." And that you love me. And that I was trying to push this blame on you when you were my answer out. 
It's not a question of trying to get a question answered. It is trying, it's, it's making sure you keep God in the right place because that is your answer. You don't need to hear an answer because He is your answer. No matter what's going on, He is your answer. He is the one that will take you out of the flood. He is the one that will take you through the fire. Remember what Jesus said in John. I think what John 14 maybe. It's in my notes, but I don't know that I could find it that quick. Maybe, no, yeah, look at that. John 16, 33. Everybody knows this verse. Everybody knows it. It says, these things I've spoken to you that you might have peace. Now think about this. Jesus says, these things I'm telling you that you might have peace in the world you'll have tribulation. Well, Jesus, I thought you were telling me so I'd have peace. I am. In the world you'll have tribulation. Well, what's he saying? In the world, stuff's going to happen. In the world, there's going to be things happen that you don't even understand why they happened. Right? They didn't happen the way you thought they should. But they're still going to happen. But then he, then he says, but be of good cheer. He's still talking after he talks about tribulation. He says, going to be tribulation, but I want you to be happy. I want you to be at peace and I want you to be happy and there's going to be tribulation. You tell your kids that and see how, they, see how long they stay around you. Going to be big trouble, but I want you to be at peace and be happy. All right? Then he gives the answer because he is the answer. Fear not, or be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And see, that's the thing that we miss so many times. We think, oh, we're in tribulation. We're in tribulation. I'm so tired. Why does this happen? Why did that happen? Why is that going on? Lord, I prayed. That shouldn't be going on. I I, I fasted three days, and I don't understand why that happened. And, And God's all the time saying, fear not. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He's He never said that these things wouldn't happen. And sometimes with faith people, we've got this idea that we can believe tribulation away instead of believe in the overcoming power of God. Because it says have faith in God, have faith in the power of God, and, and stand and be steadfast in that faith because our consistency is what people are seeing. Right? If, we're, if, we, say, if we say one week, oh, I'm believing for this, I'm believing... I'm believing, 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 right? B-L-E-A-V-I-N, believing, and I'm believing. And then the next week we don't get it, and so we go back to work and we say, well, we got, and then we got to find an excuse then, right? right? Because we're believers. So we were believing, and believers get what they're believing for. And this didn't happen, so now we got to have, oh, uh, that's probably a later time. You know, sometimes God says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says maybe. That's in the Bible somewhere, but I'm not sure where because, you're not, because it's not in the Bible. Just so you know, it's not there. <laughs> and, and so we got to think of an excuse, and now what we've done is we've added to the Bible, and we've caused tradition, and they're listening. And they're watching. And they're seeing failure. I'm not saying it was failure. That's what they see is failure. You're better off to keep moving than to stop. But why not stop and win? Why not stop and be steadfast? And every Then you don't have to tell everybody you're believing because you are. <laughs> you're believing. You know, you know it, it's, it's really difficult to come back from that, right? If you tell an unbeliever you're believing and what you're believing for doesn't happen, happen, it's difficult to come back from that because you've just shown them that your believing and the God you believed didn't do what you believed for. And so everything you've said previous to that is now null and void. Faith is not just something that gets you what you want, where you want, and how you want it. It is a vision of the goodness of God in this earth. It's it's how we are saved by grace, through faith. It's how we receive healing. It's how we receive from the Father. It is what He's chosen for us to live by. And, and And when they watch, and when your children watch, 
and you say, oh, we're doing this, and then we come up with five excuses. You know, I thank God that my mom didn't make excuses. She said, you know what, son? I don't care if we're getting kicked out of our fifth house. God's good, and he wants you to prosper. I don't know all the answers, but I do know this. God's good, and he's promised prosperity. Amen? And, and then and, and I had her my, all my life, and then they put me with the Moors. And, and the Moors don't back off what they believe. Why? Because it works. And it's truth. And it makes us free. And it changes our life. And it's, it's a vision of how God would do it here on the earth. Amen? Jesus was a vision of how God would react to everything here on the earth. Now, now, did you see a time, think about this. Was it Mary or Martha? Mary, I think, that came up and Lazarus' sister, one of the sisters. Let's go with one of them. <laughs> one of those sisters. And Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, what, three, four days ago? And he didn't move. So that's why I thought of Brother Moore sitting in that chair. He's sick. Lord, Come. Huh? Right? Maybe I should have talked in King James. He layeth on the floor, not breathingeth. Right? And Mary, she runs in, and she's, after he finally does show up, after the brother's not only dead, he's wrapped up in the grave. If you'd only been here, Jesus, if you'd only been here, our brother would have lived. And Jesus didn't say, well, don't worry about it. I'm getting ready to raise him from the dead. Did he? But he did give the answer. He did give the answer. If we'll sit and wait long enough, God will show us what to do before we do five things wrong to get to the one thing right that we should have done before the five wrong things. In our life, it is a vision of who God is to the world. And it's important because the world doesn't believe God's good because they've heard God's good from everybody and then the same mouth that they heard God's good in, they said, well, but yeah, he'll take people at times. You know, he'll take them. You know, when, when their time comes, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, God will take them. You just hope you're not on the airplane they are. <laughs> right? Or on the bus or in the car or... And, and, that, and, and people do those things, and, and they got no scriptural basis for it, but they'll find a scripture that will match their experience, and then they'll fit it into this box, and they'll call it gospel. And now we got a whole book of first traditions, right? And, right? And that's, what, and that's what we've got. It's all tradition, and it's powerless. And, you know, Paul said at one point, he said, he said, I don't want your faith... To stand, He said, I didn't come with eloquent speech and just saying all the right things. And he said, because I don't want your faith to stand in the wisdom of man. But I want your faith to stand in the, in the power of God. And so what we're doing is we're taking our own wisdom, <laughs> right? Because that's what the devil does. He'll, 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 he'll put these things in your, in your mind or he'll get some well-meaning person to come tell you something. And they'll come tell you something that sounds so good. That sounds so, you know, I think that's right because it has to be because you said it so well. Right? You, you said it so well, and, and I know there's no scripture, but it's, it's, they're, they're probably going to make one. No, you're getting ready to. You're getting ready to make one. And, and that's what's going to happen next. You're going to make a scripture out of it because you believed a fine-sounding argument over the truth of God. And, and when we choose that, we, we show the world how to not believe God. Right? And, and how faith works for just a few of us every now and then. Maybe. If only. If only we get picked out of that lottery, the faith lottery. Right? One in every ten million get healed. Two in every five million get prosperity. Only one in every two billion get peace. It's, 
it's the faith lottery. We don't want to live in the faith lottery, and we don't want to show the world that anymore. We don't, but we have to start by showing one another. And, and we've got to be constant in our faith. We've got to be consistent with what we believe. Not, not saying, you know what, if you miss it, you miss it. Amen? If your faith is where your faith is, go with where your faith is. Don't try to make your faith greater than it is. I remember, and I know the story, but you know, you know, you've told it before. But when Kim was diagnosed with the cancer, we, we had choices to make, and we had to find out where our faith was and where we could go the next, the next step of faith that we could take. And, and you know, a lot of people would say, "Well, you just should believe God and, and not deal with that. Just believe God." You know what? If that's your answer to every person that's going through something, most of them aren't going to make it. Because just telling somebody they should believe God does not give them faith. Amen? Love would not do that. And God did not do that. Contrary to popular opinion, God did not do that. He said, see if you be in the faith. In other words, look where you're at. And I'll, I'll, hit, I'll take you right from where you're at, to, and, and, and I'll bring you out. Amen? And he did, and he was faithful because we knew where our faith was, and we, said, and we talked with the Moors, and we said, yep, that's where we're at, and, and we got on board with where our faith was, and God worked every step through that, every step through it. And, and, it, and, and people say, well, yeah, but medicine did No, medicine did nothing. God did everything. And he helped medicine. Amen? And, and, and I would never want to go through something, anything, medically speaking, without God in front. But you've got to make sure God's in front and you've got to make sure you're not. Well, I'm in faith. I know I'm in faith. I'm in faith. I told you I'm in faith. If it, if it, if it makes you mad and you have to tell people you're in faith, you're not. Right? Because you don't have to tell people when you're in faith. Why? You're steadfast. It's your lifestyle. You know what? I rarely tell people that I have brown hair. Why? Because it's part of who I am. Right? I don't have to tell them that if you're, if you're, a, if you're a person of faith and you have faith, you don't have to go around proclaiming it because when the, when, the, when the thing to overcome comes against you, you're ready to overcome it. Why? Because you were steadfast in the faith to start with. You were consistent every day. Everybody that saw you saw a person walking by faith. How did they know that you're in faith if nothing happened? Because nothing happened. Right? Because you went through the tribulation and the trial and the temptation and you overcame your own mind several thousand times. Right? You know, most of the time when God's saying cast down the thoughts and imagination, they're your thoughts and imaginations. (laughs) You're the one thinking them. Right? Right? And, and, and that's, that, that's what Brother Moore was doing when he's sitting in that chair. He's, he's overcoming. Any thought that comes, he, he, no. This is where we're at. This is what's going to happen. This is where my faith is. Faith's a rest, right? If you're running around trying to make it happen, you're not in faith. It's a rest. You know, from the day we made the decision to go the direction we did, when Kim was dealing with that a year and a half or whatever ago it was, I never had anything but peace. Never had anything but peace. Why? Because we were in in faith. I didn't have to tell people we were in faith. I didn't have to go, well, I know she's going to make it because we are in faith. Strong faith. We you don't have to do that when you're in faith. Faith's not a show. Faith is in your heart. And you believe from that place. And, and you can believe for people and believe, I shouldn't say for, with people and never tell them. 
Why? Because it's not your faith anyway. Right? You're just a helper. And, and, and that's, where, that's where I was with, with the situation that I had the dream about. I wasn't the main player, but I was somebody that could have my faith on the situation, in the situation. And the minute you start questioning God, you're out of it. You're now out. You, you have no place. You have no authority. You have nothing for them to grab hold of. And you can't even really encourage if you stay there because you got nothing. You're, you're sitting there saying, you can do this. Whew, I don't know how. <laughs> you're going to make it. <clears throat> Let's see how they can. <laughs> Does anybody want somebody believing for them like that? You are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. They are never getting through this. <laughs> you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Maybe. Those aren't life words. You can't add a little bit of death to life and make it live. Right? You stay life for life, for life, for life. And you live by faith. You have life by faith. You, you give life by faith. Amen? And, and as we do those things, what we find is that we're always in the position of overcoming. We're never in the position of getting ready to overcome. And see, that's what we've done with faith. So many times, and I just know it, me, I've waited till the problem came up and said, oh, I've got to get in faith. When if I'd have been in faith to start with, the problem still would have came up, but I'd have, already been, I'd have been halfway in the next jump to get over the hurdle, right? And, and I'd have been, but, but I had to actually train. We're waiting for the, for the obstacle to train. It's, it's too late, right? You want to train now because the obstacle's coming. Jesus said so. I mean, look in the book of Isaiah. What is it, Isaiah? Isaiah. It's in Isaiah, maybe. It's there. Uh, yeah, Isaiah 43, right there. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 1. KJV. It's me and him, two birds and a mule's tail. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee. In other words, God always starts something and, and he gives you hope. What? Because he's saying, I created you. I'm getting ready to talk to you and I'm the very one that created you. So who could give you a better answer than me? Amen. Right? So what he's saying is I want you to hear this. So I want you to hear where it's coming from. Right? He says, oh, Jacob, he that formed you. O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. So not only have I created you, you're mine. I've created you and you're mine. Fear not, for I've redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Glory to God. And what's he saying? He's saying, let me give you all the encouragement you should ever need to hear the next verse. He's going to give you the answer before you ever have a chance to have the question, because look at the next verse. It says, when you pass through the waters, most people will say, I don't want to pass through the waters. Lord, why do I have to pass through the waters? He, he didn't say you might pass through the waters. He didn't say that it's possible that waters are going to be passed through. He said, when you pass through them. Here's the news. You're going through some water. Here's the good news. He created you. He's, he redeemed you. You're His. He's yours. And not only will you go through the water, He's going to be in the water with you. You reckon God can swim? I think so. He can breathe underwater. And if you need to breathe underwater, He'll breathe for you. Because what's He saying? He's saying, I want you to be ready for the obstacle. I created you. I redeemed you. You're mine. I'm yours. Be ready because here's the obstacles. He said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. In other words, when you get in the river, doesn't matter how high it is, how hard it's running, it ain't going to hurt you. Right? And, and, and what, what we want to do is we want to say, river, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. You go away. And be still. And he didn't say rebuke the river. He said walk through it. Right? If we're following God, 
then all the time when people are looking at us, they're like, wow, these guys just went through that and we didn't even know they went through it. I mean, it'd be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys just came out of the fire and they didn't smell like smoke. How do you do that? Well, he was there with them. Right? There was four men in the fire. That's what God said. He said, I'm going to be with you in the flood. And then he said, I'm, you're going to pass through the fire. Right? He said, when you walk through the fire. What did Jesus say? In this world, there will be tribulation. Why is he telling you this? So you'll have peace. I want you to have peace. Stuff's going to happen. I want you to have peace about that. Stuff's going to happen. Right? But be of good cheer. Not only do I want you to be at peace, I want you to be full of joy. Right? Stuff's going to happen. You're going to walk through some fire. Good news. It's not going to burn you. Not only is it not going to burn you, it's not going to burn your clothes. The flame won't even kindle upon you. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm preparing you to already overcome this. Don't wait till you're in the middle of the fire to ask me why you're there. Right? We're getting in the fire. Oh, Lord, why am I in the fire? I, I went to church. I sat on the front row. I ran when the guy passed out down the stairs and was worried. I don't understand. And God's saying, of course you don't. That's exactly right. You don't understand. What you need to understand is that I'm good and I'm with you. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. And I'll always be with you, even unto the end of the world. And I'll, I, I made you an overcomer by faith in me. And there is no weapon that can be formed against you that can prosper. And as you follow me, you'll step over these things. You'll be walking through fire like this. You won't even sweat. Why? Because... You were ready in advance because you were steadfast in your faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's up with us tonight. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's what people see. And, and as we become steadfast in our faith, parents, if you're steadfast in your faith, your, your kids will see that, but they'll not only see that you are steadfast, they'll see the result of your steadfastness. That's more important than saying you're steadfast. Being steadfast, will, will, you will attain what you were being steadfast for. And you'll, you'll attain it with very little effort because God has trained you for that race. Amen? No hurdle is going to come up that you're not tall enough to get over because he'll make you taller if he needs to. Amen? Where did I say to go? Nowhere? Well, then let's go to uh, Colossians. Colossians 2. Maybe verse 3. Colossians 2, verse 3, maybe. See if I like that one. Okay, go to 4. That is good, though. 2, 4. I say this lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Look at that in the NIV real quick. It says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. What, 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 what your mind wants to do and what, 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 what the devil wants to do is he wants you deceived by arguments against the truth. And so what he's doing is he's, he's telling you to question everything. You know, question, and these people, that, these people are yourself mostly. Have you ever, have you argued with yourself on godly things and talked yourself out of doing what God said? I have. You know, because you're like, well, God would never do that. Why don't you just ask, why would you sit there and say that when God's in you? Right? <laughs> ask God if he'd do it. He's right here. And we're talking like he's, he's in the other room whispering. I don't want God to know that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this stuff. Because, you know, he'd never ask you to do this. And there's no way he'd send you there. And, there's, and it's just not possible that you could do all these good things and this not happen. So, okay, I'm convinced now. 
What are you convinced of? Nothing. You're convinced that God's wrong and you're right now. Because now you've decided what God thinks. You've decided how God acts. You've decided what He would do. Right? And all the time people are watching you. Faith's important. It's not just a tool to get you a new car. Right? It's, it's the overcoming thing in the world. It's, how we, it's the victory that overcomes the world. And if the world sees it, it'll be drawn to it. Amen? But it, it needs to see it on a consistent basis. It needs to see people that are consistent in their faith. Amen? And, and people that aren't talked out of their own faith by themselves. Right? Because I remember even after I woke up and having this dream, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, man, it's horrible. I wonder why. Why? <laughs> I literally cast the thought down. Why? Because it's not something I want to think. Those are the thoughts and the imaginations that he's talking about in Corinthians when he says, don't think those things. Cast them down. Demolish every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. The, 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 the uh, Young's literal in that says, says the re, he says, take captive the reasonings. What, what are you doing when you're listening to something other than the truth? You're, you're reasoning. You're reasoning it out. You know why? Why did this happen? And the next thing, you, if you ask that question, you're going to get an answer. Right? Because we are great at compromise. We're good at compromise. And if you ask a compromising question, you'll get a compromising answer every time. I've done it. I was good at it. Right? And you find out exactly where you can't get on your own. But if you don't ask the question, what if you just say, you know, I don't understand everything, but I know God's good. I know that He would never lead me astray. He would never lead me in the wrong direction. More than that, He loves me. He loves me. And he's going to take me exactly on the path I need to go to get exactly where I need to be. And then there's no argument against that. No longer does your mind have anything to say. Why? Because you just filled your mind with the truth that was in your heart in the first place. Glory to God. And when we do that, we get away. We get out of this place where we can be beguiled by fine-sounding arguments. Right? And because the fine sounding arguments are all over the place. If you watch the news today, you will hear. You, you, here's what you could do you could go one channel and say, oh, yeah, they're right. Then you go to the next channel, oh, well, no, they're wrong, they're right. And then you go to three other channels, you know, these people are messed up and think it's these. And you, next thing you know, you've got five opinions and none of them are right, right. because God's right. <laughs> Amen? And, and you don't want to do that because why? The world's watching. Your kids are watching. Your peers are watching. People are watching. Why? They want to see this work. They're more excited about seeing it work than you are. They're looking for something that's never been in their life before and you're telling them it, telling them it exists and they're saying, show me. They are. And, and, and people say, well, but they should be in faith. They can't be in faith unless they hear about faith. You know, people, people think people are just going to get in faith. That's not going to happen. You didn't just get in faith. Somebody told you about faith. Somebody convinced you that God was good. Somebody preached the gospel of the kingdom of God to you one day and you said, I like it. I believe that. And then you believed. Right? And And... Keep looking at, 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 where were we, Colossians. He said, where was I? Colossians, yeah, 2, 4. And he said, uh, he said, I don't want you to be deceived by fine-sanding arguments. You want to know how you're not deceived? Look at the next, next verse. For though I'm absent from you in the body, I'm present with you in the Spirit, and I delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Look at the, look at the King James. It's a better word. It says, I... Yet I with you in spirit, 
joying and beholding your order and your steadfastness of faith of your faith in Christ. What's he saying? He's saying, I can see how steadfast you are. Every time something comes up, you go over. Every time something comes against you, you win. Every t- Why? Because your faith is steadfast. You're not getting new faith. You're walking in the faith you have. You're overcoming with this faith. You are experiencing victory every day because you're steadfast in the faith. And steadfast, that means you're consistent. Consistence, it's like telling somebody you love them one day and you don't love them tomorrow. Love is consistent. If you don't love someone the next day, you aren't in love. Right? It's like teenage romance. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Why were you with them? I don't like you. In fact, I don't love you at all. I thought I loved you, but I don't love you. That's not love. Right? Love is consistent. Love is always doing the right thing at the right time, the right way. And and God's that way towards us. And He's not going to lead us astray. And so He doesn't have to be questioned. There comes a time where you just say, I trust you, Lord. I trust everything about you. I trust everything you've ever said. And I trust everything you've ever done in my life. I know you're good. And I'm following you right through the middle of that fire. And I'll come out on the other side of that fire better than I went in. Amen? Amen? And and that's the God we serve. And and when we do it, the people are by the fire and they're like, wow. Did you see what they just went through? Better yet, did you see how they went through it? That's what was amazing about Jesus. He walked through this world in the grace of God, doing the things that he was called to do. He never once stopped to, 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 to give a sermon on how much money he was short, right? On, on why these people didn't get healed, right? Yeah, he didn't do that. They said, they said well, I wonder why your disciples couldn't heal that unbelief. That was it. Jesus, that was a little blunt. That was a little hurtful. I'm sorry, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, unbelief. You know, Jesus gave real answers. But that was kind. Why? Because, well, Du Bois healed. Right? I'm just telling you why that he wasn't healed earlier. Healing was available. Same time. And, and that, that's the God we serve. And that's the, that he wants us to overcome everything that we come against. He's not looking, he's not looking for us to work our faith up to where he says, okay, you're almost there. You're at .50 faith. If I can get you to .55, I can heal you. And that's what people believe. That's what they believe. They just didn't have enough faith. that help you when somebody tells you that? You just didn't have enough faith. What's the, what, what was Jesus saying? He's saying, have faith. Believe. And if you don't have enough, be, be, at least be like the man and say, I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. <laughs> be honest with where you're at. That's what he did. I believe. Help where I don't believe. Meet me where I'm at, Lord. And He will. He'll meet you right where you're at. And you'll overcome. You'll overcome every time. Amen? I was going somewhere else. Oh, I know where I was going. Final verse. 1 Corinthians 10. We talked about it. Uh, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 10. To overcome, you're going, we're going to have to use the, the weapon that God's given us. He's given you a weapon to overcome. And the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. In other words, he's going to say, get out of your head. Get out of your head. You know, sometimes I say that to people. They'll start talking to me and they'll say, this, oh, you can't imagine this and this happened and this happened. I'll say, well, get out of your head. Yeah. Why? That sounds mean, Dave. No, they need to get out of their head. <laughs> their head has nothing good for them right now. They need to get out of their head and get into their heart because their heart is where, where they can believe. Their heart is where they can have faith. Their heart is where the Word's stored up. That's, that's the things that can heal you. That's the things that can bring you out. And you've got to get out of your head sometimes. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself, get out of your head. Right? See that tribulation right there? 
Lord, why wasps? Why, why? I was preaching so good, you said wasps. <laughs> Whole new doctrine. <laughs> We're closing with this, right? Second Corinthians 10. He says, for the weapons of our warfare... Um, Actually, let's read this in the Young's Literal. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. I like that word. Oh, boy, I almost had him. My quickness was just not there. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful to God for the bringing down of strongholds. Fine-sounding arguments will become strongholds in your life because if you can't get past what you're thinking, you'll never get to what he has. They'll become a stronghold that keeps you in a place where you'll blame God, you'll question God. They are questions. And what he's saying is you don't have to deal with questions. You've got weapons against questions. Right? Why? How do I know that? Because the very next verse, in the very next verse, he says, reasonings, bringing down. He said, bringing down reasonings. And what's reasonings? It's a thought. It's a thought against the truth of God. It's something contrary to what's true. And it will not make you free. Why? It'll bind you up. Right? And he said, bringing down reasonings and every high thing lifted up against what? The knowledge of God. The knowledge of love. The knowledge of goodness. The knowledge of kindness. The knowledge of peace. The knowledge of joy. If it's, if it's raising itself up against any good thing that God's put in you, then it needs to go. If it's trying to talk you out of every good thing that God's given you, then it needs to go. If it's telling you sometimes He heals, sometimes He doesn't, maybe He's trying to teach you something, maybe you've got to get down so you can look up, uh, you know, they, 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 this, that's a fine-sounding argument, isn't it? The Lord put me down and I looked up. Did you know that your head bends and your neck will go just like that and you don't even have to get on the floor? You can look up all the time. Now, you may have got down and looked up and God may have used it to get you out. Right? But He didn't plan it and He didn't put you down. He just had the mercy to pull you out. Amen? Fine-sounding arguments. You can't believe. You've got to squash them. You've got to demolish them. You've got to... In other words, what's he literally saying? He said, can't put up with them. And it's just like that dream. When I woke up, it was a nightmare. And I literally could not think it anymore. I stayed up an hour getting that out of my head and, and praying and getting my spirit back where it needed to be because I could see myself thinking that way. And it scared me. And I don't mean that wrong, but it did. Because it was wrong. And I was taught through my life and from the Moors that we don't do this. Right? We know the right way to handle these things. And, and we stay in faith. And we stay steadfast. And we stay believing. And we stay receiving. And we stay overcoming. And we stay in the goodness of God at all times. Back to the verse and we'll close wherever I was in the verse, bringing down reasonings and every high thing that lifts itself up against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. In other words, taking anything that's contrary to God and taking it into captivity. In other words, not giving it any room. Taking it captive and, and, and then every, and captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And you make it obedient. You, you make your thoughts obedient to what God says. And, and, and that's literally what I did that night. I woke up and said, no, I don't question God. He's a good God. And He's the answer out of that situation. And I will encourage and I will build up and, and I will help them in every way because they're overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And we're not going to do this this way. And I demolish every argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And, and those are the things that we have to do and we have to be ready to do them. And we cannot, we cannot be the people that say, well, I wonder why. wonder what. wonder if. You know, I was dealing with a situation last week and lots of different people involved in it. And it was a, it was a situation that could have happened better. But God wasn't involved. So it happened the way it happened. And uh, a lot of people were saying, what if? What if only? Why, why we? Why then? 
What, what could we have done? And, and they, were, they kept asking questions, and, and I kept hearing this. And God said, stay quiet. Stay quiet. Don't say a thing. And be strong when they, when they talk to you. And so that's all I did. I never, I never answered. Because, you, know, you know, you try to answer people's questions. Oh, God didn't do that. You're wrong. They can't hear that right now. They can't hear that right now. They, they, need, they need to come to you. And, and, and that's when God has an answer for them. And, and he said, he said don't, don't play into it. Don't listen to it. But don't speak to it. You say what I say when I say to say it. And I'll help you help them. And you know what? I'm believing still. There will come a time where I'll get to help them. Right now, they're not there yet. But they will. They will. And, and, and the only way I can be a help to them is if they see me steadfast. I can be that person that they come to. If we're not steadfast, we'll never be the person that people run to. We'll never be the parent that our children run to. We'll never be the friend that our friends run to. Right? But, but when we're steadfast in the faith, when we're steadfast and consistent with love, when we love people, when they don't deserve in our minds to be loved, we realize that God loved us when we were yet His enemies. And we choose to love them, and we choose to be kind to them, and we choose to be gentle to them, and we choose to lift them up, and we choose to be seen as a godly influence in the earth at all times. But only the steadfastness and consistency of faith will do that. And that will only come when we decide to listen to God. And, and, and it's not only questioning Him. Don't try to defend Him either. Don't try to defend God. I used to go to Bible study and people would say, well, why this? And, I, and I'd, I'd spend my whole night defending God. And one night he, taught, he stopped me after Bible study and I'm on my way home and he said, would you quit defending me and just teach the Word? That's what he said. He said, you don't need to defend me. He said, people have been questioning me forever. He said, you just preach the Word. That's what brings faith, not defense. Amen? And in our lives, steadfastness comes by standing when others are falling. Huh? By loving when others are hating. By walking in faith when others are walking away. Glory to God. And we'll still be a soft place to land to those who will come back. And we'll be a witness that people can see. They'll see the goodness of God in us and through us, and it will draw them to us. And then our faith can truly be shared. You know, people talk about sharing your faith. That's how you share your faith. You let people see it. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's good to us. He's a good God. You know what? If you don't remember anything else I say tonight, remember that. that. That's what my mom told me to remember every day of my life. She said, I don't care what you see happening. I don't care how many times I went to five different elementary schools all in the same probably three square miles of Springfield, Missouri because we got moved several times. And uh, every time she'd say, you know what? God's good. He wants you to prosper. He's got a good plan for you. Don't ever quit God because He's your answer. And then... I grew up, walked away, came back, and God puts me with two people like this. And you know what they say? God's good. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you out. He'll never leave you cold. He'll always do the right thing by you, and He'll always help you to overcome anything that's coming against you. And, and he's, that's what He surrounded us with. And if we're surrounded with that, and then we don't walk out and portray that to everyone else, then we're missing it because we can. starts at our house. Starts at our house. Don't don't. It's it's time to quit telling your children that God said this unless God really said it. God's not an excuse for you to not have to take your kids across town. <laughs> that wasn't very popular. Trust me, I've done it. Ramsey wanted to go everywhere, everywhere she could go, every night she could go there. And she'd say, Dad, can I go? And I would be in my easy chair watching the football game. I'd say, no, no, I'm not sure that God wants you to do that. 
It's not okay. Got corrected pretty good on it. It's not okay. Because then, then when God truly tells you something and you say, you know what, God, God really won't release me to let you do that right now, hon. Sorry. And they don't believe that anymore. Why? Because you've told them a thousand things that God told them not to do, and it doesn't work anymore. Amen? It doesn't work with the world either. We, when we say God said something, we want to know that God, we're not using it as leverage. God said it. It only has power if God truly said it. Amen? Oh, sorry. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. God's helping us tonight. There's a lot of things that, that every person in this place, you're going you're gonna to hear. Has anybody in here not ever heard a question come to your head that you knew wasn't God? Is there anybody here? No, I'm not seeing one hand. Because that's, what, that's the ploy of the enemy. He wants you to question your faith. He wants you to question your God. He wants you to question whether healing is real. Whether He, he wants, eventually what he really wants is you to question salvation. Because eventually what he'll get you to is, you know, I don't even really believe in this Jesus stuff. And I've heard people say that. And you're like, wow, you got to a bad place when you got there. Amen? But you know what will get those people back? Somebody who does believe in this Jesus stuff. And somebody who will walk it out and live it. Glory to God. You got a song? Glory.